Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Oi, oi! I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Benners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. There's something we gotta tell you. Our guest today is Michelle Rue Jr. I wonder if Joe will trust the recipe for his buttery patisserie crust. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Excellent, Tom. Yeah? Let me do this bit and then we'll talk about the jingle because we've got to be professional. Like it. So, hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler and this is... I'm pointing at you. I thought you were going to read that bit. I'll do that bit as well then. Come we're ten episodes in, we should have cracked this bit. Yeah, I know. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler and this is Tom Fordyce. Hello, Joe. Hello, Tom. (laughs) Yes, now it. Can we go back to the 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 jingle jingle, then? Yeah, what do you think? Well, we said we would, wouldn't we? We said we'd break down some barriers, and we said by the time we get to episode 10, I would have hoped to have built up a level of trust with you. How are you feeling? We've not arrived there yet. (laughs) We are far, far, far from it. Have we made any progress? Yes, lots. No, I'll be honest with you. I feel a little bit more comfortable with you. Are we friends yet? Would we say we're friends? I'd like to think we're becoming friendlier. We've both been a bit cautious, so I'm going to cut the chase. I've enjoyed every single one of these we've done. And when I think about you, Joe Mon, I feel quite warm inside. It, I f- don't know. I feel marginally uncomfortable about that, mainly because you used my full name. And I guess I feel similar. It's nice to have that warmth inside and outside sometimes. This feels a bit like we've never talked about emotions before, and <laughs> <laughs> we're just opening we're, up. We're just opening up for the very first time. Joe, you know the jingles I've been doing? Yeah. Right. I'm running out of jingles a bit. You Goodness know we asked me. people to send in some jingles. Have you heard any of them? Do you like them so far? Where are you? Yeah, it's been good, hasn't it? A means they've been listening, and B, they're making the effort to send in these ones. There's a couple of dodgy ones, I'll yes, be honest. Yes, I think I know the ones you mean. And there's a couple of rude ones. Which are my favourite, so I'm hoping we get them ones out as well. If you want to send us a jingle, you only have to send them to joe at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Joe, I don't know if you knew Can that. Can I give you some feedback? Yeah. That didn't sound right. <laughs> what, your, <laughs> your email expert. address is wrong? <laughs> Mate, I'm the expert now, aren't I? We're ten shows in. Okay, well listen, you do that bit by all means. Uh, it's yes. your email address, okay, why am fine. I reading it? Uh, send us, uh, drop us an email. If you've got a jingle, drop us an email. Cheers. Yeah, where to though? Uh, there you go it's not as easy is it shit alright you are the expert still you, you do that bit please 
The email address is joe at crowdnetwork.co.uk. That's all I had to say. That's all you had to say. Joe at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Dot, dot, dot. No, fuck the dots. Still doing the dots. <laughs> Joe at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Beautifully done, Joe. Thank you. I've got a question for you. Would you rather be an international rugby player or a chef? A chef. You're meant to find out over the course of the next 45, 48 minutes. You don't want to make your mind up before we've met the sorry, chef. Sorry, sorry. I, <laughs> I want to be a chef. I've always wanted right, to be a can chef. Can you pretend that you don't know you want to be a chef and that there's some doubt in your mind? Okay, quick, do a quicker version of the question. Joe, would you rather be an international rugby player or a chef? Not sure yet, Tom. Can we take 48 minutes, perhaps, give or take, uh, to talk to a chef and then I'll give you the answer at the end of it? That sounds great. Let's get the chef in. Perfect. Our guest today is a two-star Michelin chef. Welcome, Michelle Rue Jr. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. I don't know what I've let myself in for, but I'm here. It's too late now, mate. The, <laughs> the doors are shut and they've actually been locked, um, unfortunately <laughs> for you. But as soon as you said yes, you're in. That's it. End of. What stays in this room. No. What no. goes on in this room stays in this room or goes, or goes on, on a pod. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. How are you? Are you good? I'm, I'm really good, actually. Yeah, yeah, really good. It's uh, strange times we're living, but um, I think you know you've got to always stay positive and just go with it. Have you come from the restaurant today? Yeah. Can't you smell? Well, I'm, I'm eyeing up those boxes that you've got on the table. These in two front of gold me. boxes. What? They look like the sort of thing that the three kings brought to the nativity scene. Mm. And what were they? Gold frankincense and myrrh. Irrelevant. Very irrelevant. Also, if you're a baby, do you really want frankincense and myrrh? It's not a great present, is it? No, I don't even know if it's a re- real story, mate, but that's, that's another different what's, subject. What's in these magic boxes, Michelle? I think I should just pass them over and let you open them up. Is it the same in both boxes? It is indeed, and it's uh, it's on the, uh, on the menu at the moment. Don't tip them up too much because it's what? a bit fragile inside. Okay. I'm going to break the seal. I'd have to say this is already a step up from the, oh, look at these the brown paper bag of meat that we had. <laughs> Joe, give me your first impressions. Oh, wow. There's exactly. gold. <laughs> so, there is gold. So I'm seeing a circular dome. No, that's not a dome. A circle with some caramelised nuts on and a gold leaf with a chocolate fondue in the middle. And on the left-hand side is a light and fluffy... Is it a madeleine? Correct, Madeleine. Yeah, a Madeleine. Which one are we going to eat first? I'm going for the Madeleine. The Madeleine, yeah. Mm. Madeleine. Okay. So the Madeleine looks like it's uh, dusted with maybe, I don't want to say icing sugar, Michelle, because yeah, it, yeah? okay. Yeah, a little bit of icing sugar. As opposed to what? Why didn't you want to say icing sugar? So I'm eating now, I can't talk. Right, so just to clarify, <laughs> mm. 10 shows ago, yeah. you slagged me off mm-hmm. for sitting in these exact same seats, yeah. eating out of an unmarked bag. Yeah. Meat, dried yeah. meat, cured yeah. meat. Yeah, did, yeah. And I, I felt really bad at the end of that one. Mm-hmm. But because we've got a two-star Michelin chef in... Yeah, exactly. And it's in a gold <laughs> box, and it's got a <laughs> yeah, gold exactly. leaf on it, yeah. and icing sugar, that's play on, is it? Yeah. Unbelievable. How is what Michelin has given us here in any way comparable to you eating unspecified meat from an unmarked brown paper bag in the middle of a podcast? Oh, so if it's at the start, it's fine, is it? What do you think of the Madeleine, by the way? Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it was really nice. Thank you. Thank Light you. and fluffy. Is this a is this a mm. personal favourite, Michelle? Because the, yeah, the Madeleine it's... is something you find in lots of places in France. It's a bit of a classic. You even find it in supermarkets. This is hang on, hang on. This is special. have you gone to the supermarket? <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> this is special. No, no, it's made with loads of butter, uh, and it's a, it's a family recipe, so it's really special. I've done quite a bit of research on you. Not in a stalker way, but I've watched plenty. And my knowledge is that butter mm. is one of your favourite ingredients. I love butter. The way you even said butter as an in- ingredient. Is... You've gone a bit misty eyed, actually. He has over butter. You mentioned of butter. I is, love is... butter. Are you okay if I call it butter? <laughs> butter. Butter. Yeah. yeah. I. <laughs> Listen, I was born in Kent and I was brought up in South London, so... You're fine with that then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so your voice is actually a pretend chef voice. (laughs) You should be sound butter as well. Can I... Are we going to have a bite? Can I have a bite of that? Before we get... The chocolate one? Yeah. Yeah, pile in. I think you should. Now... I won't eat it all. It is very crumbly and very gooey in the middle, but it's... Yeah, well, have a bite. Joe, you go first. Make a noise for that face. (laughs) Fuck me. No, not that Sorry. <laughs> oh my! Oh, oh, oh! 
God. Right, I'm piling in. <laughs> Did you eat the gold leaf? No, I'm saving that bit. I might oh, even take that home, you know. Right, he goes. Might get some money for that. Mm. What's in the middle of that? Mm. <laughs> Salted caramel made with lots of butter. Get oh. <laughs> God, that is so good. My nutritionist is going to keel over when I tell him that that's what I eat now. That's going to be my daily snack. Well, there's a lot of sugar in there, but you know what? I think we deserve a bit of sugar and a bit of indulgence at the moment. Oh, well said, oh, Michelle. Thank you so, so much. Is this not the argument? The whole butter argument for me comes down to, all right, there are nominally healthier options than butter. No. But why not just commit to butter? It's so much nicer. Not only is it nicer, it's unadulterated ingredient. It's pure. And it's, it's good for you. It's got to be good for you. There's, there's no added ingredient in butter other than salt. It's only not good for you if it's all you eat. If you, have, if you wake up and have you a go, pack of butter. I'm having a pack of butter this morning. <laughs> and then you, at lunchtime you go, oh, I'll have two. I'll have two packs of butter. Then that's something else. But I'm with, I'm with Chef. Can I call you Chef? I want to feel like I'm, I'm part of it. Yes, Chef. Thank you. I'm, I'm Chef. Um, so you know, butter. Gordon Ramsay still calls me Chef. What? Gordon worked for me. Uh, so whenever I bump into Gordon, he, he still calls me chef, which I think is so endearing. It's really, really cool. So you created... I wouldn't say I created Gordon, no. Well, Because he's a monster. Yeah. I didn't create a monster, <laughs> did I? That was your, they're your words. They are your words. Which, as chef, you can, you can say. Um, oh, so how long did he work under you then? Oh, gosh, worked at Le Gavroche for two years, and then we employed Gordon in one of our restaurants in France for a further year. So, yeah, about three, maybe even more than three years for us, yeah. And he still refers to his chef when you meet now. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Gordon's a cool guy. I mean, he is who he is. He does swear, and he, yeah, you know, and, and but some of that is a television persona. Although you get him outside of the television world, and he still swears like a trooper. But <laughs> to be honest, he is one of the most naturally gifted chefs I have ever worked with. I'll tell you a little, little story about Gordon. A, a tiny anecdote. Day two of his employment at Le Gavroche. Uh, he was late. Yeah, we, we were sort of looking at the clock thinking, where the hell is he? You know, this isn't really good. You've started work on a Monday and he's still not here on Tuesday at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Then we got a phone call from Gordon. Sorry, chef, I'm uh, a bit of a trouble here. Um, I've been nicked jumping the barriers at Green Park. Oh, no. <laughs> Brilliant. And in those days, they were, they were big on that. They were nicking anybody jumping over the barriers and take them off to the police station and uh, slap them on a fine and uh, give them a criminal record. Uh, so on day two of his employment for us, <laughs> not not the best start. I, I like that. I do like that. Actually. Not the best. Um, now we've kind of started in a bit of a random roundabout way. Can I just tick off some some bits and bobs to start with? Mm-hmm. A little bit of. Um, can I just clarify that your name, mm-hmm. Michelle Rue Junior? Can mm-hmm. I clarify it is Michelle? It is Michelle. It's not one of those like stage names. <laughs> You know, um, I'm thinking of um, who was the Scouse lady who did Blind Date? Scylla. Scylla. Yeah, oh, she was it? Priscilla White, wasn't she? She's so that was Priscilla White. Okay, mm-hmm. not a great example. What's Elton John's real name? Reg Dwight. Yeah, so his stage name's Elton John, is it? Yes. So he changed it because Reg Dwight. Not the best for her. Not the yeah. best. So what are you insinuating that Michelle Rue is not a nice name? No, the opposite. So ah. what I'm saying <laughs> is that is that your stage name and or and your real name is actually Mick. <laughs> and if you if you were to be called Mick the Chef, it doesn't have quite the same ring. Big greasy as, spoon. No, no there's no, nothing no. wrong with greasy spoon, no. mate. But what I'm saying is, no. just I just need it clarified. You, I can 100% assure you that my name is my full name is Michelle Albert Rue, and not Junior. Junior was tagged on. Oh no! Because uh, my uncle is called or was called Michelle. Sadly, passed away at the beginning of this year. And uh, so I tagged on J.R. Jr. at the end so as to avoid confusion because people were getting confused with Uncle and myself and to such a point where I was getting charming letters from some of his admirers, oh. uh, which, wow. which were quite embarrassing to oh, read wow. at the time. Okay. So, yeah, so I had to forward them on to him. After you'd read them. <laughs> after, after you'd read them, show them to your mates. <laughs> Resealed, oh, of course. <laughs> Good, so yep. yeah, no. So I tagged on Junior, but you can imagine a kid being brought up in South London, going to school, English school, uh, with a name like Michelle. That was interesting, and Rue. So there was a bit of teasing on that front. Then I got called Mickey Rooney. Uh, then I got called Kanga. I actually quite like that because at least there's a little bit of imagination behind that one. And th- that one I, I didn't. Yeah, you yeah. didn't mind. I didn't mind so much. <laughs> the, the, the other ones I ended up in a few scraps, but ah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you could handle yourself when you were younger then? Don't think I can handle myself now. Well, okay, let's <laughs> just keep the social distance for, the, for now. Um, that's fine. So you've, you've spoken a little bit there about um, growing up in South London. Yeah. Were you always destined to become a chef because of your heritage, because of your family? Ever since I've, I can remember, you know, always just thinking... I want to be a chef. I want to work in the hospitality industry. I think the hospitality industry is wonderful because it's got something for everybody. Um, Not just being a chef or being a pastry chef or being a sommelier, you know, wines, uh, front of house, etc., so on and so forth. And so if I I were starting again, I would definitely do a pastry apprenticeship, work a bit in the kitchen, and then maybe work a little bit more front of house and maybe working with the wine, sommelier, barman and such like, just to get a more rounded experience of of the whole industry. Because I think you need that if you're going to own your own restaurant. Because I've had to learn all the other stuff really on the hoof. There are some negative connotations, though, Michelle, with chef. So Mm. we had an expert in psychopaths Mm. on an earlier episode of Joe's show and apparently there is a higher, much higher than average percentage among chefs of psychopaths. I'm not mm. suggesting you're one, but yeah. it's something about the role, isn't there, and how demanding you have to be and the control. Definitely control. Yeah, I don't know about, about to the point of being psychopaths. I mean, that's, that's a lot of knives going. knocking about. Yeah. There's a lot of fire knocking about. Yeah. yeah but well, kitchen, kitchens are dangerous, uh, that, that's for sure, and tempers do occasionally flare, but... You know, I, I always say, you know, a grumpy or angry chef will not cook as well as a happy, smiley chef. A happy kitchen produces better food than a, than a really angry kitchen. I flare up. I have, you know, I lose my temper occasionally and the odd expletive will, will fly. But the team know that when I'm upset, I'm upset. But I don't linger on it. Once it's done, it's done and we move on. You say your piece and then we learn from that mistake and then we move on as a team. I think that's important. If you live in fear then that's bad. Mm. You're never going to be uh, your best. I think you've got, to, you've got to always work on the principle that you want to do your best and you can always do better. What sort of chef would you be then, Joe? I'm trying to picture you as in Michelle's role. Are you going, like, you know, the, the full classic, the top hat, the, the apron? Are you going to be autocratic? Are you walking around with a spoon in every little dish? Mm-hmm. 100%. You just face down. I'm going to be one of those... <laughs> The chef they look at, they go, Christ, he definitely tastes. There's no shine away from the tasting here. He's tasting everything, if not too much. I'll be running a restaurant in the red. Is red positive or black positive? You want it in the black. You want, you want it in the black. So you don't want it. Yeah, my restaurant will be in the red very I mean, much. even the fact that you don't know the difference between red and black would suggest it would be in the red. That's- <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> and I'd definitely wear all the gear. Would you? you got to look the part. How come you don't get fat as a chef? Because you're looking decent, Nick. I do run... Well, I used to run a lot. I used to run marathons. But now, wear and tear means I no longer run marathons. So I still keep very fit and I still love running. Smaller distances, 5k, 10k. You'd be surprised at what I eat and how much I eat. You know, I'm not careful at what I eat. I don't snack. That, that's the one thing. On cheap confectionery. I'll snack on one of them. Uh-oh, Joe. I'm going wrong, I? But I don't <laughs> snack on cheap confectionery and I have never, ever enjoyed sweet drinks. So... Fizzy lemonade or, you know, all the other stuff. Yeah, Never. Me, me I, can't, I can't stand the taste. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's horrible. I'd rather have a glass of water <laughs> yes. or a beer. Yeah. Are you making notes here, Joe? Like, I am making lots of notes. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a list with a massive no at the top of it and you're oh, just right. filling in okay, some of your That's favorite. meant to be hidden. I'll hide that paper. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you're right. He is fantastic looking. Which um, leads me to the question of what would you taste like? Mm. If I was to cut you up, I'm trying to pick what, what area. I wouldn't go cheek. Obviously. Well, you got to have, I was going to say you got to have cheek or kidney no, or liver. Not, oh, <laughs> You're very me. lean of cheek, though, Michelle. It That's be true. Yeah, that Joe's a man of appetite. I Your cheeks a... are not going to fill Joe up. Well, in comparison no. to Joe's cheeks, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. So if I'm if I'm chopping you up, yeah. What are you tasting like? Jeez. What are you what? Uh, what well, I'm no spring com- chicken, so you might have to slow cook me. Mm. Uh, you know, gosh. I've got a good diet. I eat well. I think there'd be a fair bit of marbling in my Which is a good meat. thing. Okay, my mouth's watering. <laughs> Michelle, run now while you can, because Joe is seriously considering No, eating. all right. Well, it's a serious question then, um, because you're a chef of how many, like 40 plus years? When did you mm. start? Uh, uh, eight, 16. 16. So you're a world-class chef. You've got two Michelin stars. Have I got that right? Have you yes. got any more? Mm, can not... you get any more? Yeah, of course you can. Can you? 
yeah. What they just keep adding? They just keep yeah, just keep throwing that at you. But are they? <laughs> <laughs> but they're presumably they're quite hard to get. Very much so. So you know what lots of things taste like, mm. good or bad. Yeah. But what does a human taste like? If you don't know, because yeah. you haven't tried it, I'm guessing you haven't. No, I've never tried it. What's a human tasting like? Do you think? I mean, I've read about it. Allegedly, it's quite a sweet meat. You think it's going to be sweet to eat a human, do you? I believe so. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't want to go there, really. I don't, I don't want to try it. Yeah. But what if you had to? What if you're in a position, like there's this rugby team. Yeah. That Uruguayan rugby team. Uruguayan, Uruguayan rugby team. team. Yeah. Crash in the Andes. Yeah, I remember seeing the film. Because, yeah. believe it or not, I actually met one of the survivors. No. And it wasn't until after I'd met him that they said, you know, it was. We were on a tour in Argentina, mm. um, and he was one of the Uruguayan dignitaries that had been invited over. And it was after match dinner, and there's all, all sorts of guys about. And the team manager came over and got a couple of us and said, oh, come and meet such and such. So, oh, yeah, yeah, no, great to meet you. Didn't really speak too much. Just looking at your calves, licking his lips. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, nice to meet you. I moved on. It was like a little bit like um, another sort of do like that. Yeah. And then uh, the team manager came back up to us and said, oh, what did you think of such and such? I was like, yeah, he was all right. He seemed like a nice guy. What, what do you want? He said, you know who he is, don't you? I was like, no. He was like, he was one of the survivors from that plane crash where they ate it. And I went, are you fucking having a laugh? Yeah. You're taking the piss. You've just introduced me to a man that has eaten at least one other man. Like he's had that in it. He was like... Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? I said, no, not really. It's actually quite scary. You should have told me before meeting him. And then I could have actually asked him the real question yeah. as opposed to a pretend one with you. Do you not think, right, because he obviously is not set off on his plane trip with his Uruguayan rugby mates, mm. thinking it's going to end with him eating another human. He's gone through the most brutal yeah. privations. He's reached the point of near death. So, Joe, do you not think in that situation, this person is dead, you're going to be dead soon unless you eat this meat mm -hmm. do you not have a little nibble 100 percent. i have to I've, in fact there's part of me that <laughs> <laughs> you don't even wait till you're starving in there's a plane part, crash yeah, you're just interested there is part of me that i am really interested actually because i, I want to find out like what other chefs would taste like as well like, like what, who what about greg wallace what do you think he's tasting oh like? greg yeah <laughs> it'd be delicious <laughs> what it? he's got a like he's got a, a wide Range in diet, some of the things, and he loves butter, doesn't he? He okay. loves a pud, and, and he loves cream. Butter. Yeah. Oh. oh, Chantilly cream, chef! Put it all up, go on. Man. So he's take. I reckon he's a. He'd be delicious. He's a well marbled ribeye. <laughs> Definitely having, loads of marbling in that. Yeah, I'm having that. I'm having a bit of Greg. <laughs> How would you serve Greg? <laughs> well, obviously with lots of butter, some butter, oh. um, salt and pepper, uh, probably some asparagus. But you you need to fry the asparagus really quick and uh, at high temperature. It's no good cooking asparagus for a long period of time because they go floppy. You don't low and slow asparagus. Is that not true, Michelle, of every single food stuff? So I had, a, I had a random chat with a French chef, an old French chef in a pub a little while ago, and I'm asking him for his tips. And his tips are all great, but fundamentally they could all be boiled down to fry it with butter, add salt and pepper. Well, you can't go wrong with a bit of butter, can you? You just, just can't. So that's literally the answer to everything. Butter. Add butter. Indeed. And Long live butter. Vive le beurre. Last time I met or saw Greg, because I met him several times, was <laughs> at an England game yeah. in the autumn two or three years back. And we were walking to the aftermatch dinner. I had my little boy on my shoulders and my little girl in a pram with my wife. I'm pushing her, trying to get there. Bumping to her. I was like, oh, he was like, hi, oh, Joe. Oh, Greg, how you doing? And I was about to introduce him. I went, Oh, Daisy, this and he went, Hi, I'm Greg from MasterChef. And I looked at him, I went, Pardon? He was like, Yeah, how you, how you doing? And he was in a bit of a rush and he had to go, All the best, take care, bro. And Daisy, <laughs> she was like, Did he just say, Hi, I'm Greg from MasterChef instead of just, I'm Greg? I was like, Yeah, he's cool though, so let's just, <laughs> let's just let him have that one, that's fine. <laughs> that's cool. I, I go back a long way with Greg. He's brilliant. I, I like him a lot. He does get on people's nerves, but I like, I like him. Genuinely I, lo like. I love his facials. The facials oh, yeah. he makes like when he's doing all you know, that stuff. But what I most like is the voiceovers on it. <laughs> oh, and Steve has made a a duck with a red red wine jus. What the fuck is a jus? You know what a jus is? Don't look at me. Look, might... at the, look at the chef. Chef, what's a jus? I hear it all the time. It's gravy. Oh, piss off. Wait, Can't wait, they just say gravy? It's unthickened. It's a French unthickened gravy. 
<laughs> Actually, I remember cooking for Freddie Flintoff years ago. It was, it was the, the year of the ashes. The 2005. Fam- yeah. The famous ashes yeah. where he was a little bit under the weather. <laughs> the main course was a fillet of beef, roast fillet of beef, and a truffle jus. So roasting juices with loads of truffle in it. Anyway, serve it up, and midway through eating his, his main course, puts his hand up and goes, Oi, oi! I can't do Freddie Flintoff, sorry. <laughs> Can I have more gravy, please? More gravy. More gravy? <laughs> Northern boys love gravy. <laughs> love gravy. Uh, more of that mushroom gravy. Yeah, Come on, lad. Yeah, I like it. He's gotten to the point there. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. We yeah. all understood what he wanted. No, I like that. So if someone's getting home and their options are your classics, they can do a baked beans on toast, they can do oh. a scrambled egg, what are they doing to improve those? Oh, not baked beans on toast, Okay, please. so the baked beans have gone. Come on, egg. mate. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm saying is, if you're not Michelle Roux, if you're at home and you're starving, you've got him from work. You're right. Yeah? Yeah. To be fair, the other night, my kids are being a bit of a pain in the arse at the moment when it comes to eating the meals. We're doing all these lovely foods, we're trying to get more things, and they're not eating it. And uh, my wife was out the other night and I had the two boys and I had my knee done, so I had to do something quick. And I thought, oh, sod it. I'll get you some spaghetti hoops on toast. A quick dinner tonight. They never have it. Honestly, don't judge me as a parent. <laughs> don't judge me. Don't look at me like that. I know they never have it. Believe me when I say they never. <laughs> they never have it. And he said, and he was like, what's this, Daddy? I was like, it's spaghetti hoops on toast. Here's some cheese as well on top and the Smashed it. Like, licking the plate clean. And I'm like, are you having a laugh? We cook you all these lovely meals every other day. <laughs> you refuse to eat them. You don't want. You want to go straight to your pudding. All this lot, and I'm putting spaghetti hoops on toast. So you know, I guess there is a place for them. You want to get them on oxtail, mate? Oh, mate, I can't do that to them. Do you know what I mean? They won't eat bloody salad, let alone <laughs> oxtail. We need to go back to so the normal dishes that people have. You're asking, is that right? So scrambled egg. Let's say, yeah. I wanted to cook scrambled egg. I think eggs um, are brilliant. Eggs, eggs are my, my idea of fast food. Scrambled eggs, omelettes, you know, fried egg, poached egg, they're brilliant. Uh, especially an omelette. You know, an omelette is, is a vehicle for loads of other stuff. Dare I say, you could probably even put spaghetti hoops in an omelette. Ooh. Ooh. Stick that on your list, Jake. Ooh la la. And put that on toast. <laughs> Thank you. But eggs are great for you, full of protein. You know, they'd, they'd be part of a good diet. So for me, if I, if I come home early, I'm hungry, quickly want to eat, an omelette you can't beat it and is that like a staple of a up-and-coming chef you know that's a measure of how good a chef they could be because if they can't cook an omelette they're buggered absolutely my dad used to when interviewing prospective chefs get them to cook one omelette nothing else wow. don't do me any fancy food don't be do do this or that there was a quick interview face to face said okay right cook me an omelette it is amazing how much you can tell from a chef well, from anybody, really, I think. Just cooking an omelette. You can see how they work, how they're organised. Seasoning, obviously, that's the, the obvious one. How they cook the omelette. Do they roll it or do they fold it? Do they cook it with butter? Is there any colour or no colour on it? How they present it? And how they've left their workplace clean and tidy or not? So, you know, just one omelette and you can tell so much out of it. Like, Joey, how many eggs are you going for your omelettes? I go about four. Three, four eggs. Three, three is good. Three is what I would do as well, depending on the size of the eggs, obviously. Recently, we had a, we had a chef as well, an interview like that, and we got him to do an omelette. He cooked his first one and messed it up. He says, oh, I'll do another one. Messed that one up. Not pleased with that one. I'll do another one. He's not running on, out it? of eggs, mate. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not on, is it? In real life, you don't get three goes no, in no, it. No, no, no. So much you can tell from an omelette, from, from just doing one simple dish like that, and you've got to get it right. See, I've got to let you in on a, on a secret. As part of my... Um, research into you before this <laughs> i uh i downloaded the protege on amazon prime yeah to watch you interviewing prospective chefs or proteges yeah. that you wanted to mentor moving yeah. up and on your first episode you did scrambled eggs with them mm, i remember this as um, if it was um, yesterday and one of them one of them turned <laughs> this poor girl she turned around she was like you said, all oh, right, I need you to make some scrambled eggs. And they had exactly the same response as us of like, scrambled eggs? Don't you want me to do something like proper? Yeah. And you're like, no, I want you to do scrambled eggs. Just show me how you do them. And she went, where's the microwave? And yeah. your face, <gasps> your face, you were like, pardon? She's like, well, I need, I, I need a microwave to do my scrambled eggs. And you were like, no, 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 no. You do, you do scrambled eggs in microwaves. I couldn't believe it. But alongside that episode, there was another lad 
and I can't remember the term for it. He got a metal bowl out hmm. and he put it over a hot bamery. A bamery. Hmm. Put it over a hot pan of water, is it? Yeah, that's right. Almost like boiling it on top. Yeah, just slowly cooking the eggs. And you were so impressed by him. You were like, this is amazing. Yeah. And he served these unbelievable eggs and they looked incredible. They looked all fluffy. They looked all moist. Mm. Was, oh, I was like, okay, I've never done that before. But you saw the difference. I saw the difference, of course. However, I thought I'd do it myself. So I did it this morning. Ah. My wife went out, took the kids to, to school. I said, look, I'm going to make you some scrambled eggs this morning. This special way I've seen. She was like, okay. And you've got some nice sourdough in as well. So I put it on a nice bit of sourdough for you. So she left at quarter to nine. She got back because she popped to the shop. She got back at 20 past nine. I'd started at quarter to nine. I was still there at 20 past nine, stirring these eggs <laughs> in this bowl on top of boiling water. And they're slow. They are what is cooking. I've turned, I've had, turned it on and they are cooking. Yeah. Um, and she's like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, this is the technique. I've looked at it. I don't know what it's called, but I'm going to follow through with it. Took me about 40, 45 minutes to cook these scrambled eggs on toast. Plated it up, dished it up to her. Gorgeous. They were perfect. They were moist, fluffy, seasoned beautifully. I'd added butter. I'd added milk. Mm. Oh, lovely. That's your idea of fast food. Yeah. (laughs) That took me 45 minutes. (laughs) In fact, it was an hour with the clean-up time as well. You know, the prep of the clean-up time. So... I'm not buying that. That's Look, not fast food. If I'm doing it, what's it called? A in, boom? On top of a bamarie. A bamarie. The bamarie, sorry. The bamarie's ban bath. Yeah. Okay, and Marie, is, she's the woman who invented this. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> it's basically basically cooking the eggs slowly over a steamer, ah. over steam. So the okay. idea is that it's not fierce heat and it cooks them gently. But it and shouldn't slowly. take 45 minutes. What it should, should, t- should take about 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't know what you were doing. Why was I doing it? Did I do it wrong then? Maybe Uh, you made the best scrambled eggs ever. However, you know, you can't rush scrambled eggs. You you can't. So I'm sure that they were amazing and you got lots of brownie points from that. (laughs) I did. Well, I did, but they were kind of taken back with, "Um, I'd much rather you did it the other way. Don't tell me you cook them in the microwave. Cake's not a chance, mate. I'm very much with you on that. I'm not good. And I do have some standards. So when my wife tucks into a pot noodle, (laughs) I will turn around and I will give her the face of disgust and I will say, that is hideous. I don't want the kids seeing you eat that. I don't want them seeing it in the cupboard or anyway. So I do have standards. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So omelettes and scrambled eggs are the best way to see what an up-and-coming chef is all about. You can't hide. That's the thing. You can't hide behind decorations or anything else. It's just three eggs and a bit of butter. A lot of butter. Yeah. Right, so we know how to make eggs. Joe, shall we eat a bit more of these puddings? What are we going to talk about, though, after the ad break? I'm already eating it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You've been sneaking the chocolate tart. Sorry. What do you want me to say? (sighs) (laughs) What are we going to talk about after the ad break? Oh, yeah. Let me just cl- let me just cleanse my palate. Have we got any um, lemon sorbet? <laughs> okay, fine. Um, after the ad break, we're going to ask Chef, aka Michelle Rue, if he ever leaves his own reviews on TripAdvisor. So here are the ads. Well, it's a quiz, but this time it's a podcast. Yes. <laughs> With me, Mikita Oliver. I was going to go with that at first, you know, I really was. I love a quiz. I'm nervous. Oh. How many edges does a 20p have? Uh. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, I'm doing so badly. We will quiz, we will chat, and then we will repeat forever. Just search Quiz Chat Repeat in your podcast app. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Those were the ads. Michelle Rue is still here. So we want to know, how do you become a chef? 
do you have to go to college? Do you, do, you, do you have to do like tests? Do you have to do like a GCSE in it? Do you have to do, yeah. what, do what do we call it? Home ec, home economics or something. Mm. Well, Which yeah, always confused me actually because I thought that was about money. <laughs> and why is that why about? Why just call it cooking? Yeah, why is it called home economics? If is it because yeah. you had to price up your, men- your ingredients? Yeah, it's not just about cooking. It's also about the economy of cooking and yeah anyway let's not yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway so even i'm confused about that one cooking at school so do you have to go to college if i if i want yes. to be a chef do i go to college and go right so I, I recommend go to a catering college it's very important to get your qualifications in uh, so you can do that either on day release are you talking about prisoners no what, what's the day release it's called day, day, day release it's, I'm, get, I'm getting to, I'm getting oh, to sorry. it <laughs> he's lost me is he talking about prisoners again what's that, that was a previous episode sorry. <laughs> all, all chefs end up in jail no yeah. they don't so you, you do four days in the workplace and one day at college uh, okay. or there's the other way around you can do three weeks work and one week college so i still get a lot of apprentices and kids that say oh but it's boring and the tutor he's you know he's old school and this and that you know just bear with it just do it it is rewarding and then after that then you can go and work in the workplace you've got a qualification and then you can do maybe two years or a year in french cooking or and then an asian style and you can travel the world you know once you're a qualified chef there are restaurants all over the world and there's a shortage of chefs so you you can go anywhere as long as you can get a work permit or a visa or whatever you can you can just go, and that that's fabulous. That really is great. I worked in Hong Kong when I was a, a young chef. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You watch a lot of rugby, Michelle. Mm. You know this idea about, about the All Blacks. The All Blacks are instinctive, and yes, they're coached, but fundamentally, it's just playing with freedom, and they they learn how to play brilliantly by just expressing themselves when they're younger on the pitch. Do you get chefs like that where? It's almost like a, just a natural, instinctive part of someone. And yes, the training might help others, but there are some who are just these genius mavericks. You can be born a great, talented chef. It's a bit like, like your palate, for example. You're born with your palate, I believe. You, know, you can't, you can't try. I don't think you can train your palate. I think you're born with it. However, you can train skills and you can improve people that way. You know, I mean, going back to Gordon, for example, I did say that you know, he was the, one of the most naturally gifted chefs I've ever worked uh, with in my kitchen anyway. And you, you see that. You, you can see that they pick things up immediately and they've got that instinctive flair. And there are others who will just be bloody good hard grafters, show them something, and they will repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and do it time and time and time and time again. Um, and then you've got these mavericks, yeah, people who, who one day will do brilliant, the next day will be also brilliant but totally different to the day before. It is a combination. And I think you know your analogy with the All Blacks is, is good. But I think any team, be it chef team or sports team, needs a lot of these different individuals to be one. But with most Mavericks in, in my sport comes troubles more often than not. It can, yeah. Does that happen in, in the kitchens? Do, do Mavericks like that cause massive flare-ups or yeah, incidents that can happen? Are, are there any that... I, I genuinely believe that you need characters and you need Mavericks in, in, in life in yeah, general. Yeah. But I mean, if, I, you know, if you look at Manchester United and Eric Cantona, complete oddball but what a genius absolute hero but there was one man who managed to control him and to get the best out of him all the time and he inspired a whole generation of of the class of 92 uh, to achieve greatness so i think every team needs an eric Cantona or a kind of maverick figure uh, that is a genius is there a genius out there now in the chef world that you all kind of go He's the dog's bollocks, mm. yeah. or she's the dog's bollocks. Like the chef's chef. Who's the sh- yeah? Do you know? Like a, we have an awards evening, like in in sports, where mm. you like players player or coaches player and all that lot. Is there anyone out there at the minute in the world that you go he or she is players player? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, we have Claire Smith, um, who's um, got her own restaurant in Notting Hill, and uh, she's been gunning for her third Michelin star for a couple of years now. Uh, and I, I've been fortunate enough to have a meal there. And I know Claire quite well. I am 100% sure that she will get that third star and will be one of the most revered chefs of our time anyway. And Why? She, What's, what makes her outstanding? She's just got this incredible talent and she can do any task in the kitchen. So everybody respects her for that. What's her food? Based on French classics. So there's a bit of butter in it. <laughs> we all know butter is good for you. 
and tastes better. Anything tastes better. <laughs> Good. So Claire so, Smith is the one that we've got to look out for. I, I, I would say so. Look out for Claire Smith. Probably the next Michelin three-star restaurant in the UK. I'll tell you another one as well. Sat Baines in Nottingham. If ever you're in Nottingham, go and see Sat Baines. Now, his food has got real imagination now now he could be the the maverick of the team because he's a he's a real jovial uh guy who occasionally just goes on one but in a good way in a good way and um his food is inspired as well from his indian heritage but he is trained in french classics so it's a beautiful melting pot of food the spices that he uses and it's creative it's incredible cooking incredible I love just talking about food. Oh, I love hungry. watching food. <laughs> I love talking about food. I love eating food. I just love food. I'm getting on a giddy about it all. Does it not make it in some weird way, Michelle? So you spend so much time thinking about food and you've got this wonderful palate. Does it not in some ways ruin all the food that we eat? Because to you it just tastes a bit shit. Do you <laughs> no. know what I mean? How dare you? I spent 45 minutes on my exercise. <laughs> No, but when I go out, for example, I mean, I'm the same as anybody else. When I go out to eat in a restaurant, I go out for pleasure, go out for the experience and, you know, enjoy the food. I don't go out to criticise. But saying that... (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Saying that, plate of food arrives in front of me, I'm going to analyse it. I can't help myself. If you watch a game of rugby, you're going to start analysing it, surely. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. You look at the front row of somebody packing down, you go, I could have done a much better job than that, mate. Or, you know... (laughs) What's he doing with his ass up in the air? Oh, I'm not that. I'm and not he's that definitely harsh. boring in. <laughs> okay, fine. It's you good. know what I mean. It's, so, it's I can't help it. A plate of food is put in front of me, and I have to analyse it, but not in a bad way. Are you ever sending food back, even if it's bad and the service is bad? Are you stopping yourself from sending it back because you then don't want that reputation of, oh, he's just fucking yeah. being so picky about the food. Do you know what I mean? Oh, he thinks he can do it better. Do you stop yourself from sending it back because of that or will you send it back? I would not send it back and haven't sent it back. Why? Well, because if they want my advice, they have to pay me. I'll be, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be a consultant. <laughs> so you would munch the if you're good thing. at something, never do it for free. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you got it, Joe? <laughs> what is the biggest mistake that you, when you're out eating, that you see where you just think, oh. Yeah, I think overdoing it. I think that's one, one, of the, one of the things chefs really have to grasp, and that is knowing when to stop putting stuff on the plate. Overcomplicating food is one of my bugbears. You know, if we've got great ingredients, you don't need to mess about with it. You know, let the ingredients sing. Too many fancy sauces and chucking herbs on it and this and that. I mean, the food has got to look great, uh, especially when you get into the sort of Michelin-style levels. It's got to look superb. But I do think that sometimes chefs just try too hard and put too much on the plate. I I often get asked for advice as well, young chefs saying, oh, they're desperate to get a Michelin-star, desperate to do this and that. I said, listen, cook food for your customers, for your guests. If they like it, they're going to come back yeah, and come back for more. And that means you're going to have a good business and you're going to have a kitchen to cook in. If you don't, then you've got no business. You're, going, you're out of a job. And I said, if you get that right and grow in confidence, then the plaudits will come. You'll get the journos will come in and they will write you up good reviews and then you'll get the inspectors come in and you will get the Michelin stars. Just don't overdo it. Do you know the inspectors? Do you know when they're coming? Do you, can you recognise one? Can you tell mm. one? Do you know what I mean? You know, I've got trust issues but that we've worked on, still working on. How do I know that you're not, Tom, that you're not a, I don't know, a podcast inspector or something? Do you know what, <laughs> what I mean? a convoluted cover that would be. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's record <laughs> 10 podcasts. <laughs> a bad analogy, I know. But do you, can, know you, you can you tell if there's an inspector that's coming? Michelin Guide inspectors are totally anonymous and always pay for their food. I do recognise a few of them because the the UK ones do the rounds and and after a while we get to recognise them and we know them. They never book under their real name and they do change phone number so that we can't recognise the phone number. But there are little telltale signs occasionally that kind of give them away. But they are anonymous. They don't leave their calling card or they don't say we're coming tomorrow and they are totally impartial. We need reviews for this podcast, Joe, don't we? And we've both been on our phone apps and worked out that you can 
Leave your own show a five-star review. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> really? Seems you. Well, I know. Seems you could actually leave multiple Ooh. reviews as well. No, no idea. Can I do? I'm, I might look into that, but yeah, I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not bothered, mate. I'm just doing this for the enjoyment. You know, who cares about the reviews? So when you get a review, Michelle, of, of a restaurant, we all know what TripAdvisor reviews can be like. They can be sensible, what or they that? can be TripAdvisor. Or- <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. But you're hung out to dry, then, aren't you? And is there something in the restaurant business where people try and do what me and Joe would never do, which is to leave glowing reviews of our own podcast <laughs> and, under said pseudonym? Well, I, I think you know. Okay, you've got you've got your Michelin guide, you've got the serious guides, as I call them, the good food guide for another one, and then you've got the reviews online, such as TripAdvisor and others. Now, my issue with those is that most of the reviews on there are put up at about two o'clock in the morning. And it's the old keyboard warrior syndrome, isn't it? Something may have gone wrong. Maybe something very small. But then by the time they've had a few jars and they've had a row with the missus or whatever and the the Uber was late or whatever, they get pissed off and start, you know, tapping away on the keyboards. And it can be very painful for... Because, because they, they are. I mean, they're, they're, some, some of the reviews are absolutely murderous. They're, mm. they're, they're horrendous. Mm. So I no longer I no longer read it. I've had a, my fair share of bad ones. I just do not read it. I ignore it now. And I don't even use those sites for me personally to judge other restaurants to go to. They're flawed as well. You you can write your own reviews, which you, is quite handy for in, podcasts. in the podcast world. <laughs> it's quite handy to exploit those flaws. But you can buy in, good in, reviews. <laughs> You could buy them. What you can buy good reviews. What? Honestly, you can buy good reviews on Joe. Look into this. <laughs> Sorry, let me just. You can also note. buy bad reviews for your rivals. Oh, really? Can you? Have we? I don't think we. Sit Not that I would know I too much about this, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even know. Well, so where you, am I going with this? You, but, you but, and Gordon Ramsay used to speak. <laughs> um, what's his? Has he, has he lost his restaurant called? Who, Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. Royal Hospital Road. Okay, so the Royal Hospital Road has recently had a couple of bad reviews, um, <laughs> and they're from a certain Mick. <laughs> Uh, Ruwooks, <laughs> Mickey um, Rooney, and he's senior. Mick Ruwooks, senior. Oh, this one, you know, you've got to use a better pseudonym for yeah. that one. It's fine. It's not going to work, is it? Joe, what what do we want people to say about your podcast? Because um, people may be listening and they might help out. No, I want honesty. No, do I you? definitely want honesty. Yeah. And that if they want to slag it off, then they they should slag it off. I won't listen or read it, but you know, they should if they feel like they should. As long as they're not too mean. Don't make it constructive. Personal. Be constructive with it. I'll, I'll welcome feedback. We should definitely welcome feedback all the time. So, so do you think we should propose to Michelle that he leaves a great review of your podcast and we'll do? We'll go on TripAdvisor. Why are you whispering? Michelle, He's got headphones on. He can Michelle, still hear you. I've got an idea. If we pick up your Madeleines on TripAdvisor, will you? Give... <laughs> no, he just said TripAdvisor's a bag of shit. Yeah, but I don't... And he doesn't use it. We can't become Michelle. Mick Ruwook Senior uses TripAdvisor. <laughs> Where do you want us to leave a review if you big up Joe's pod? Uh, it's going to be a good deal, this, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, stop trying to bribe the chef. We've already had like, a really nice really nice meal. What I want to um, ask as well... Tom, you, you drink quite a bit, don't you? What are you saying? You drink quite a bit. Well, yeah, in moderation. Everything in moderation. Exactly, yeah. including moderation, yeah. Meat in a bag, in yeah. moderation. Chocolate fingers in a bag. Exactly. Like, uh, Madeleines in a moderation. Sometimes you drink... A little bit too much, and you wake up with a stinking hangover. Gotcha. What would you cook to cure your hangover? I would probably go for something salty. Mm. So I might do a scrambled egg and then add in an extra bit of saltiness by maybe, and don't judge me, Michelle, maybe on my toast I'm putting some marmite. So I've Mm. got like a marmite base layer to my toast. The scrambled egg's going on top. My thinking is eggs, protein, help break down the alcohol. I don't know if this is true. And then I've got the saltiness... And the road to recovery begins. Do you eat vegetarian bacon? No. Oh, okay. So there is no pork. such thing as vegetarian bacon. <laughs> yeah, there is. No, no, there can't be. No, no, bacon is pork. Unfortunately, chef, there's there's this stuff that you can buy, well, it, and it's called. <laughs> they should not be allowed to call it bacon. You're right. I think it's absurd, and I also think it's absurd that it's in my fridge currently, <laughs> and that my wife insists on eating it. I said, but. If you're a vegetarian, why do you want something that tastes like meat? She was like, no, because the purpose is I love animals. That's why I don't eat them. I don't want to get into this. I don't want a domestic when she's not even here. Mm. It's fine. What are you making for a hangover? Me and Joe have, have been over. and you We've know, been over his. Be over to Michelle's. House allowed... or 
whatever. We've had and, a lock in the Gavroche. Yeah. And, and Michelle has assumed the roles of the sommelier, as he says yeah. he wanted, would like to have done. And we have sampled Joe the finest booze mm. that we'll ever will. And we've got carried away. So the next morning, Michelle, me and Joe come down at half ten, croaky. And you look at us and go, boys, I've got just the thing for you. Yeah. It's definitely orange juice for me first. And then I'll go bacon sandwich, something something really greasy and, and salty. But if you you two came down, yeah, came down, so it would have to be something vegetarian, wouldn't it, I well, suppose? One each, maybe. Is that too yeah. much to ask? Two pans? Yeah. I'm trying to be vegan once a week, yeah. so maybe do something veggie or vegan. But So, yeah, I mean, you were saying scrambled eggs on toast. That's the kind of thing that you want when you're feeling a bit icky. So no pot noodles? Definitely not <laughs> pot noodles. And you ain't microwaving my scrambled eggs? No chance. Chef, thank you so much for coming in. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Me too. It's, all, it's just gone too quickly, really, hasn't it? 45 minutes to make some scrambled eggs. <laughs> but will um, you leave me a good review? If you pay the right <laughs> amount, I will. Joe, now Michelle's gone. Quick question. Have you got any of that tart left in the box? Yeah, it was dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone now, I'll tell you the truth. I, I Until he leaves a positive review of the pod... I am going to continue to bag this absolutely incredible box of joy <laughs> that he put in. Oh, my God. Oh. you taking any back for days or are you just going to eat it on the way home? Uh, in the hope that she doesn't listen to my pod and knowing that she doesn't listen to our pod, our pod. See, that's nice. So I can say what I want on here because there'll be no comeuppance at home. She's not having a single bite because it is empty. Did you like yours? I did. I've left half only because I couldn't eat it during the show. I'm now wondering whether if I give half a chocolate tart to Murphs when I get home, is she going to see that as a good thing because I've left her half or a bad thing because I've given her half? The immediate question I would ask, though, is how long is it going to take you to get home after this? Approximately two and a half hours. And you think you'll go two and a half hours not thinking about that chocolate pud? Might just lick it. <laughs> She doesn't know that the chocolate goes right up to the brim of the pastry. So what if I just lick, like, three millimetres off and she thinks it's like a shallow fill? <laughs> I don't think you need to lick it. You could just scrape it out and be, you know, slightly more hygienic about it. What, just give her the, like, the pastry crust? Yeah, so it's this new modern food that Michelle Rue's trying out. restaurant <laughs> where it's like an empty pastry. <laughs> now you've met one. Would you rather be an international rugby player or a chef? Chef, we've spent the last however many minutes confirming what I kind of already knew. I would love nothing more than to be working in a professional kitchen. Okay, should we do a quick trail for another podcast? I'm going to suggest that the trail is for The Mentor. Are you familiar with The Mentor? From Harry Potter? No. Dementors? (laughs) Yeah, this is The Mentor. Oh, so so the thing is, what I've learnt from certain experts on on podcasts is that you should really pronounce your words better so my advice to you on this occasion tom was that you said dementor or the mentor or the mentor too quickly the mentor rick lewis and sideman are on a mission to end 2020 on a high rick is one of the best business minds in the country and he's taking three young people under his wing for the rest of the year do you know why joe it's been a shit year for most of us but with access to five thousand pounds and rick on speed dial what could you achieve? It'll be inspiring, but we'll also learn a lot. Joe, search for The Mentor in your podcast app. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.